southern Ontario Canada it is a wet rainy evening here and it is uh, great that it is raining because we do need it now schools here in Ontario are going to remain closed to in-class learning until this fall, September. This news announcement is, um, came down today and um, it's kind of a way that it's too bad that um, a school is going to remain closed for the kids, high school kids as well. All the struggles and, and uh, tribulations that they've been going through with this online learning not having that in-class instruction, not having that, that social that we are all longing to have. Kids missing their friends, their teachers. And just that, you know what it's like to be in class, in a group, learning and studying together. Now, Premier Doug Ford here in Ontario He's been mauling this around for some time. He had sent all kinds of, of letters out to, um, to doctors, to the disease and infection doctors, to the Board of Education, to the teachers unions, so many different um, people he sent these letters out to, to get some feedback of how they felt about schools reopening and only being in school for three and a half weeks in class. Now, the feedback that he said he got basically wasn't good enough. And thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Doug from London, Ontario, Canada. 
So tonight, I'm just talking a little about what's going on here across Ontario, Canada here with our schools, that they are going to be remain closed for in-class learning until September. Now, our Premier of Ontario, he has um, asked several professional people about reopening the schools to in class. And in his mind, um, he really um, didn't get the answers that he was looking for because majority of them said they should open the schools. Now, I was reading one article the other night when they were talking about reopening up the schools here and the modeling that would take place with outbreaks of COVID-19 is that if they were open the schools to in-class learning now is that we would see 11% to a 16% increase in infections. The modeling shows that by the end of July, we would see anywhere from 2,000 to 4,000 cases per day. The other problem that he addressed was that there's only 41% of the teachers and other personnel has been vaccinated. He would want to see 100% of, of the teachers and support staff vaccinated before he would make that decision of reopening up the schools for in-class learning. Now, this doesn't come, you know, really good news uh, for parents. Um, even disappointing the, the science table disappointing um, other doctors um, saying that kids should be back in school. You know, being that this is June the 2nd and that, you know, they would only have 25 days of in class. And then that would be the end of the school year. Now, The decision, they say, contradicts his provincial government's previous promise to reopen classrooms before the economy, which was originally set to begin on June 14th. That's for the economy. I don't recall Premier Doug Ford making a promise that he was going to open the schools before the economy. I don't recall him saying that. What I recall him saying is that he wanted to get answers. And this is why he sent out these several letters to all these professional people. And of course, you know, this is a really difficult choice to make. Now, as we're still, um, 
with non-essential businesses still not opened. And, you know, that's, that's another, um, another struggle that the premier is, is having in my mind right now. Um, but, you know, because today, June the 2nd marks the end of the stay at home orders. Meaning that we can go out for non-essential things as before it was that you couldn't go out for non-essential things. Now, even back a couple weekends ago, uh, when it was the, uh, our long weekend here, um, in Ontario, the two, four weekend, um, he did open all the outdoor amenities such as golf, the basketball courts, tennis courts, the skate parks, all these things. And, and he wants to make sure too, he said today, he wants to make sure even though the kids aren't going back to in-class learning, he wants to make sure that they're going to be able to enjoy their summertime, day camps, overnight camps, getting together with their friends over the summertime. Now, he also says here that he was waiting um, for advice from his chief medical officer, whether the province can push forward the step one date. Now, the step one date of reopening the economy is June the 14th. Now, our numbers here in Ontario, in the province of Ontario, has come down a long ways in the last couple months. During this lockdown and stay-at-home orders, we have gone from 5,000 cases per day to just a little over 700. Now, our chief medical officer said at one point that he would like to see the numbers come down under 1,000, but he never said any specific number. But then the other day, he said, you know, for the first phase of the reopening of the economy, he says, Oh, I'd like to see the numbers 500 or less to start phase one. Now, hypothetically, let's say we stay up around the 700 marks for the next couple of weeks. Is that going to be good enough for the chief medical officer to decide, hey, you know, are we still going to open up on open up the economy on June the 14th? This is something that I feel and, and so many people feel in the in, in the business world feels that sooner or later we got to open up the economy. We can't keep the non-essential the non-essential businesses closed. You know, I felt safer going to 
a small clothing store where they're doing contact tracing and only allowing a few in at a time to do their to do their shopping then going to a big box store where they're allowed to have a larger capacity of people. Now this chief medical officer, he's, he's being replaced. He's retiring. And, um, I don't know why we got to wait around for him to make this decision on whether we can open up this this economy here in Ontario sooner than June the 14th. Now I can tell you this, the greater Toronto area, they have been in, like with the non-essential businesses closed, that has been going on since November, 2020 in the greater Toronto area. This is our third time that we've been in a lockdown in a stay at home order in this province of Ontario here in Canada. Now, with these stay at home orders lifting today, meaning that we can go out for non-essential reasons. The worldwide government needs to destroy U.S. and Canada for taking over and having a world government. This has been playing out for centuries and we're almost there. This is not a this is not an opinion. It's factual. Agenda twenty one. <laughs> uh, people with conspiracy theories. It just sounds, just sound. You know all these conspiracy theories out there. You know, you know you got to do. You ever heard of fact check? You know, yeah, it it is a conspiracy, you know, dude, have you ever done fact checking before? But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, um, when it comes to, um, our opening of our economy and You trust Google for facts. I mean, Google isn't fact-checking. Google is a search engine. You use the search engine for fact-checking, right? That's what you use Google for, right? If you're not sure about something, you ask Google to fact-check something. You you can go on factcheck.com, right? Who facts checks the facts checkers? The fact checkers. They actually see fact checkers actually do research. Right? They actually do research. Facts fact checkers could be anybody. I'm a fact checker. Right? 
I am a fact checker. News agencies are fact checkers. You know, not not the not the not the Donald Trump fact checkers. So when it comes to so when it comes to our economy here in Ontario, um, which is supposed to start opening up on June the fourteenth, now for the safety of everybody. Well, I mean, that's that's a general, see, you know, news agencies have the right to promote disinformation. You know, see, you know, that's that's a Donald Trump statement. Right? That is a Donald Trump statement. Right? Because Donald Trump, with it doesn't matter what new agent, news agency reported on him, it was all fake news to Donald Trump. And that's pretty sad, actually. So anyways, on with the show. So he wants to open up our economy um, safely. And he would like to see it open earlier than June the 14th. Now, with the step one reopening here in Ontario, he said he would allow for gathering, outdoor gathering limits to increase to 10 people, the reopening of patios and non-essential retail to reopen at 15% capacity. You know what? I, you know, I, I mean, that's, listen, you know, you, you're throwing out a million questions out there. This is something that I would have to go and look at. I have no idea. I really don't. I know that. Absolutely, I know that. I know what's going on here in Canada. And it's sad what has happened, and it is really sad what they have discovered. Right? You know, there was no there was no conspiracy here with this, with 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 these uh, with these schools. What happened, what happened in, in those types of schools shouldn't have happened. Conspiracy, I think like conspiracy theories is people who have their beliefs and what is going on. Who knows what took place? I, I don't know. I don't know what with, 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 with these with these schools and what happened. I have no idea. So with the with the economy reopening here. And um, with with a recap of, of opening up the economy, um, what is going to be allowed 
and what is not going to be allowed here on June the 14th when they get the economy going. So right now, you know, I, I am going to go on um, with, with my show um, to what the title says today. Um, that can be uh, uh, another subject, another day. I appreciate your comments. I really do. Don't get me wrong. You know, when when news stories break, and and it's part and it's important with 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 what happened um, um, with the in, in indigenous kids. I mean, that's that's that that's very serious. That's an that's an important issue. Don't get me wrong, but. I go by what was what's what's happening today. This has been in the news for a little while. And um, that will be, you know, I will talk about it. Don't you worry, because there's just there there's just so much information that is coming about uh, about what has taken place. Um, you know, with with these children with something like 215 children that that were found that were discovered in, in, in graves, right? So, you know, um, I will get to that subject, you know, so, you know, don't get me wrong in that, but, you know, I, I could, you know, I do, you know, basically one, one subject at a time here, right? I'm only coming out tonight because this story broke about, you know, the school's not, uh, going back to in class. And yes, I know what's going on. I know what's going on in my own country here in Canada. And they're still trying to iron out everything. They're just trying to figure out everything that, that has taken place. Right? And I will touch on that subject at some point in time. But not this evening. But I do... I do uh, um, Appreciate your comments. So now in this step one reopening, as I talked about this before, is expected to, like I said, is expected to begin on June 14th after the two weeks, after 60% of the adults in Ontario have at least one dose of the vaccine, which we have surpassed that over 60% of adults who have at least one dose of the vaccine. And they added that the province would, would be need to wait two weeks after hitting the vaccination target before entering the first step in order to monitor the vaccine outcome. Now, in this first stage, the outdoor activities and gatherings will be first to open but with some restriction limits, outdoor gatherings of up to 10 people, outdoor dining for up to four people per table, non-essential retail at 15%, outdoor religious services, writs, ceremonies with a capacity limit to permit, to permit two meters of physical distancing, outdoor sports training and personal training for up to 10 people, day camps, campsites and campgrounds, all the Ontario parks, 
outdoor horse racing and motor speedways, outdoor pools, splash pads, and wading pools. Well, the out, well, the splash pads opened up a week and a half ago on our Victoria uh, long weekend. They opened up the splash pads. Now, with step two, this is the second step that will begin in July once 70% of the population in Ontario has received their first dose and 20% have received their second doses. Larger outdoor gatherings up to 25 people, small indoor gatherings up to five people, outdoor dining for up to six people per table, essential retail at 50% capacity, non-essential retail capacity at 25%, personal care service where face coverings can be worn at all times, outdoor meeting and event spaces, outdoor amusement and water parks, outdoor boat tour operators, outdoor country fairs and, and rural exhibitions, outdoor sports leagues and events, outdoor cinemas, performing arts, live music, and events and attractions. Now, I think we would probably hit that even before the end of this month. to have 70% of the population here in Ontario with one dose and 20% have received their, 20, uh, their, their, their second dose. Now, getting back to the schools being closed, of course, like I said, this isn't, you know, this really isn't good news. But being that, you know, school, I mean, this is June 2nd and in three weeks schools would be out for, for the summertime. Parents alike, um, you know, out there aren't happy about the decision. Other parents are fine with the decision. You know, I mean, governments, it doesn't matter you know, they're not here to please everybody. There's always going to be a group or individuals who's going to be upset with what decisions governments make. But in this case, you know, Ontario is, is the largest populated province of, of Canada with 16 million people. Back in April, when they shuttered the doors of the schools, one in four schools had an outbreak of COVID-19. And with the modeling showing that there would be 11% to a 16% increase in cases, a hard decision had to come down. Now it's a tough job. I mean, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to have that job uh, of a, of a premier of a province to have to make these hard line decisions. You have on one hand you have a group of people saying, "Yes, you know, we can open up the schools," and oh, by the way, you know, this eleven percent or sixteen percent increase in cases is manageable. 
And on the other hand, you're saying, you have a group saying, no, this is not the right time to be opening up the schools because we can't handle that 11% or 16%, which the modeling would show anywhere from 2,000 to 4,000 cases per day. This is the reason why we're in this lockdown and stay at home order to begin with when we're seeing 5,000 cases per day. And it took the government, it took the government a long time to decide whether or not they were going to introduce sick pay. Premier Doug Ford here in Ontario was totally, totally against it. He didn't want to overstep the federal government with the programs that they have. They didn't tackle the hotspots here in Ontario and the hotspots were the greater Toronto area. And then Doug Ford somehow, you know, decided that, okay, you know what, we're going to have sick pay. Now, coming out in public, coming out in front of the microphone and, and telling people here in Ontario that we're going to have the best sick pay benefits in North America. Nothing of its kind you're ever going to see. What he came up with was appalling. Three days sick pay. That was his answer. And then when the vaccines started to pour into, in, into, in, into Canada and going across the provinces, he then started to tackle the hotspots of the greater Toronto area. They have most of the cases of COVID-19. And like I said, the greater Toronto area has been in, in, in stay at home orders in lockdown since November, 2020. And now these stay at home orders are being lifted today. And his new reopening plan isn't going to be regional. It's going to include the entire province. So everybody's going into each stage all at the same time. We're not going to have one region over here um, open up their bars and patios and another region over here have to keep their bars and patios closed. And that's what's that was that was which was was going on and every time we would reopen now even though the numbers have dropped quite a bit and even the infection rate is now sitting at 2.5 percent which this is not has this has not been seen since uh, they were talking about in the last eight months. 
we haven't seen numbers this low in that amount of time. And this is why he's now talking about maybe we can move the, the first phase of reopening the economy. Maybe we can move it up. But Premier Doug Ford, you know, he, he said he's going to be a lot more cautious this time. And our educational minister back in April, before the kids went on spring break, he said that schools will resume after that, after the spring break back in April. The very next day, he did an about face and he said, no, the schools will not reopen. They will be closed indefinitely. And then again today in the, in the um, news conference, he said that he is going to be more cautious and take things, more things into account when it comes to reopening up the classrooms. Now, again, closing the schools, you know, last, uh, last March, the schools were closed. And then coming into the fall, they were open. And then they were closed again. And then they were open. And then closed again in April. Just like the rest of the economy. Now, anything being done outside, doing safe things outside, like for last summer, for instance, golf and all outdoor amenities were permitted. Springtime came this year. We had a, a really good start to the spring here in Southern Ontario. People were playing golf. All the outbreaks of COVID-19 were happening in the workplace. Of course, this is a community spread virus, so it was coming from somewhere. It would have to come from some from somewhere. Large gatherings, parties, bad luck being at the wrong place at the wrong time. None of which with the outdoor activities that people were doing safely made any contributions to the increase of COVID-19. In fact, last summer, they played over 20 million rounds of golf and not one single case was traced back to that activity. 
But when this spring, when they opened up and our numbers were climbing, Premier Doug Ford shut down all outdoor activities. And just a week and a half ago, he reopens up the golf courses, the basketball courts, the skateboard parks, tennis courts, anything, soccer fields. Came to realize that doing safe things outside Not only was it safe, but for our mental health, we needed to have these amenities open. And for children, you know, he's taken into account, you know, the struggles they're having with this online learning Social is is so important in our in our well-being. Human beings need social. We are social creatures. And taking into account how hard this is on kids. And their and their um, mental stability. You know, we as adults, you know, we can, you know, can come to terms with things, but also we have mental health as well. And our mental health has to be in check. Our mental health as adults have to be in check in order to help our children. And this month of June, not only does it mark um, the, the health and well-being in males, because this is health month for males, and also it recognizes mental illness, the month of June. But we can't leave out the ladies neither because mental health is just as important for females as it is for males. And all the hardships that everybody has faced during this pandemic, mentally, financially, having a hard time paying the rent, looking at possibly being evicted on top of everything else what is going on. All the eviction notices now or the eviction hearings are now allowed to move forward. 
special interest groups are calling on the government to not have it go forward at this point in time. I mean, we're not even into the first stage of reopening the economy, but the eviction, the eviction hearings can, can now continue. All the stress that is going along with this pandemic and people out there are looking at possibly being evicted from their homes. I can't even imagine what that would be like. I wouldn't even pretend to imagine what that would be like. Landlords have to be paid. A lot of landlords out there are willing to work with their tenants. Others just rather move on and have somebody in their place to be able to pay the rent. And it's not the fault, it's not, it's not at, at the fault uh, of the tenants. I mean, these tenants were working. They were paying their rent on time. And then the, pandem then the pandemic hits. Businesses shutting down, people are out of work. Yes, the federal government stepped up and had the emergency recovery benefit for Canadians who had now become unemployed. $500 a week. The low wage earners, minimum wage. I mean, what kind of savings are, are these people gonna have? They're living paycheck to paycheck to begin with. Already scraping by, not only to put food on the table, but scraping by to get, to get their rent together every single month. And then falling behind on rent because they don't have extra savings in the bank accounts. They don't have that emergency saving bank account. These are the people who are looking at being evicted. People are calling for the government of Ontario here to open up the businesses sooner than June the 14th.
all the non-essential businesses. You know, over this over this past year and a bit with this pandemic going on here across Canada, there have been roughly, you know, over 20,000 businesses had had shuttered their doors, had locked their closed their businesses because they can't carry on. Small business people the mom and pa stores can't hang on. How much longer does the government think other non-essential businesses can stay afloat? They don't own the buildings that their stores are in. They pay rent. And they pay a lot of it. Yes, there is funding for these businesses to help them stay afloat from the government. But people want to get their shops open and people want to get their employees back to work. They make more money than what the government's going to hand out. So why wouldn't you want to be, you want to be reopening up your business? I get what the government wants to do here because they, they have faltered so many times when it came to reopening the economy only to have to shut it down again. See, here in Ontario, they decided to go with this color code of reopening of, of, the, of the green, the orange, the yellow, uh, the red, and the gray lockdown. And they did it regionally. So this region over here would be, you know, in the yellow, and they can have 200 people in, in, in their restaurant. And then over here in, in this other region here, they would be in the red restrict and they have four people to a table, no indoor dining. And a certain capacity in this other region, it wasn't working because these regions that had were that were more open than others, people would just travel to those other areas. And the only way you're going to get a table at, at, at a restaurant is that you would have to make reservations because you just couldn't show up like you did in, in, in post-pandemic. It wasn't working. So this three-stage plan that the government here in Ontario has come up with is for the entire province to do it all at the same time. Now, the greater Toronto area 
has always carried the most cases, the most case counts, the highest case counts was in the greater Toronto area. And I got to give, I got to give the greater Toronto area a lot of credit because their numbers have come down dramatically. Whereas when you would look at the case counts in the city of Toronto, it would be well over 600, 700 cases. Mississauga would be around 500 cases. Brampton, 400 cases. And this was on a continuous basis. So it was real easy. It was real easy to see 5,000 cases a day. But I was looking at the numbers today. Toronto, the city of Toronto was just a little over 100. And for the entire province to be just a little over 700 cases is a huge improvement from 5,000 cases a day, just from a couple months. And the vaccines are going in the arms and over 60% of Ontarians here in Ontario has received that first dose and these numbers are dropping. And people who had to wait the four months after their first shot, now that's coming around in order for them to get their second shot. This is also a really big improvement. And this is why the government is saying, well, you know what, maybe we can, maybe we can move this up. Maybe we can move this reopening first phase. Maybe we can start opening up before June the 14th. And yes, we can leave our homes for 90 essential reasons now. People were doing it anyways. I mean, there is no, there is no law out there that the, 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 that the police was going to stop you because you left your house. Well, believe me, the government did try that. on this third stay at home and lockdowns did try to have it so that the police could stop anybody, whether you're walking down the street or you're driving your car down the road to stop you to find out where you were going. Well, they didn't go very far. It was one of the most ridiculous things I'd ever heard in my life. But regardless, even though people, you know, going out for essential things, whether you're going to the grocery store, you're going to the drugstore, you're going to check in uh, uh, on your parents or, or whatever the case may be. People were going out anyways. Now we can say that the government 
you know, has made mistakes along the way when it came to reopening too fast. I mean, Doug Ford admitted it himself. He admitted that, you know, we open up too fast. He takes the full blame for it. You know, he doesn't, he, he you know, he doesn't want to um, make that mistake again. So this is why they've done away um, with, with the uh, color reopenings to just simply have it a three-stage reopening for the entire province. And now he was asked today, he was asked today during question period, you know, after this big announcement is that the schools are not going to be returning to in-class learning. You know, he was asked, you know, why this, why this change? Because, you know, he, he sent all these letters out to, to all these doctors and, and disease infection doctors, to the board of education, to the teachers unions, to everybody for their opinion on whether the school should reopen or not. And then come on national TV and say, I'm sorry, folks, but schools will not be returning to in class. And why did he make that decision? Part of his answer today was, well, we are the largest populated province here in Canada, 16 million people. The next closest populated province is Quebec, about a little over 8 million. And then other provinces, a fraction of what Ontario's population is. And like I said, one in four schools, students and teachers and other staff members were infected with COVID-19. And he doesn't want to risk that again because being, being that the schools are closed, no in, in, no in-class learning. So that means there's zero infection rates in our schools right now. And that's the way he wants to keep it. Kids 12 years in age and up are now eligible to be vaccinated. He wants all of the teachers and staff and support staff to be vaccinated before school returns back in September. I read an article the other day that the University of Western Ontario here in London, Ontario, that all students that is going to be living on campus must be vaccinated. Because I tell you, because back in March, here in the city of London, where I reside, 
We had cases of COVID. We, we were in the single digits. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we were in triple digits. University students holding off-campus parties, not following the regulations on campus and in their dorms, 132 university students came down with COVID-19. And that shot our numbers up here in the city. And it wasn't the first time that happened with the university students. And I got really ticked off about it. Because not soon after that, and with the cases climbing all over the province, and, and, and our health officials here, calling on the government to lock everything down again. But we can blame a lot of people. We can blame the government for not taking care of the hot spots. We can blame the government for not offering sick benefits long before this got out of control. But we all have a responsibility. Every single one of us. You can be responsible, you can be irresponsible. That's, I mean, that's your choice. Gathering in large groups of mass of thousands and thousands of people protesting for the government, against the government, anti-maskers, anti this and anti that. COVID cases come out of that. But everything seems to be settling down. People now, when I, you know, people seem to be, you know, easing up on their moods. I've gone through mood swings during this pandemic. Stress level hitting the top of the charts. But I feel more relaxed now. I feel more I feel more at ease you know, watching things the way it's unfolding. And that it won't be, it will not be long before normacy sets back in. We all don't want to be disappointed again.
You know, the other day I was disappointed in um, some of my fellow Canadians here in Ontario, Canada. Going to these vaccination sites, demanding that they get their second dose when they're not eligible for their second dose. Harassing the volunteers. Threatening the volunteers. That to me is disturbing. People in their 80s who are able to live in their homes are eligible for their second dose. And it's important that these people in their 80s get their second dose. But you don't show up at these vaccine sites and threaten and harass people. And it was people who live on that high income people pulling up in their Lexus, people pulling up in their Porsches, in their Mercedes, you know, like, like, you know, people like that, I can just call them the rich snobs, thinking that their shit don't stink. And it wasn't the first time And I said on my last show that if they want to curve this, they want to curve this sort of behavior, then you place police officers at these vaccine centers. And if you want to come down there again and start threatening, harassing people, maybe a set set of bracelets will give you a change of mind. And they're not the fancy bracelets these rich people wear. These are called handcuffs in the back of a police car. Nobody deserves that. Nobody deserves to be threatened or harassed. When it's your turn to get your second shot, you'll get your freaking second shot. to my fellow Canadians. This is not time for the nonsense. This is not time for the BS. But I thank you ladies and gentlemen for coming out here. And uh, joining me here on the Truckers Podcast. Like I said, I do appreciate your comments out here. Um, but generally, you know, um, when I'm going to do my show, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, you know, address um, what I have up, what I had scheduled. Um, so when it comes to um, 
you know, texting away. I mean, I, I mean, I have no problem. I mean, you're more than welcome to text away. Uh, try to read this as quick as I can and, and address it. You know, I mean, to, to, to have this interaction with my, my listeners, um, I think that's great. It's important. Um, don't feel that, you know, when I say, look, you know, this is something that I'm not going to talk about right now. I mean, don't feel that I'm pushing you off, but I, I'm not, you know, um, some of these things here um, can be easily addressed on another show. And, um, you know, what's been going on here um, in Canada um, with these with these um, schools from way back in the past, even before I existed, you know, with, with the indigenous people of Canada, this is tragic of what has been unearthed. And this is something that the government is addressing at, at this very point in time. Not only to find out what happened, but also to find out the cause of death of these 215 children, indigenous children. But I wanna let them know as a Canadian My heartfelt condolences goes out to all of those families, all from past decades. Indigenous people are a huge part of Canada. the great people of Canada. So I'll leave the show with this. Go out there and be safe. Be kind to one another. Respect goes a long ways. And we'll get through this. And like I've said on my past programs that it's going to take all of us to get through this. And soon we're going to have that big party, that big world party. So we just, we can just hang in there. And we'll be back together again. And to our friends to the South, the United States of America. With our land borders closed. When they 
will open again. I'm not sure when, but when they do, Canada will be here to greet you back into our communities, our tourism, and it'd be really nice to see you again. So thank you for joining me, ladies and gentlemen. Have yourself for the rest of the evening or whatever time it is where you're listening from around the world. And I will be back out here Friday at 9 p.m. And again, of course, Saturday morning at 9 a.m., Sunday at 9 a.m. And you can find the Truckers Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Thank you and take care.